0: Every human has been successfully occupied. We could be taken at any moment. However, there are still pockets of human resistance. They're
1: mobilizing. We gotta go. I'll lead them away. Ellie, no! Come with us. I'd rather die. Wait, come back!
0: occupy this host. Her memories will lead us to the resistance. Her name is Melanie Strider. She was born in Louisiana. Her family escaped the initial waves of colonization. What is happening? Is she resisting? It's important you stay in control of this host.
1: these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in The Spoiler Room.
0: Uh,
1: I'll be scrubbing you forever. Okay, I don't think that's... I, I I don't think that particular I don't think that particular song's radio safe. Okay, scrubbing you forever, but You, know. you never know. I mean it was the eighties. It was the eighties. That's true. And yeah. hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the spoiler room. Thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and grabbing your favorite drink with us as we talk. Movie spoilers. No, there is not Mountain Dew in this class. This is Seltzer and Malibu. So there you go. It's, actually, nice. it's, it's a nice little spritzer. Yeah, it, it actually works out fairly well. So, uh, And yes, uh, this month is remote control month. Remote controlled is the month, and that's our theme. And today, even though it's from 2013 it's not a perfect TED film, <laughs> and, and there are many reasons <laughs> why... <laughs> that we will definitely be getting into, but first I have to introduce, I have a crew member who is brave enough to uh, uh, venture with me through this film and it is none other than the man who is, keep coming back for more, Mr. Ian Simmons. Hello, Ian. How are you? Uh, you know, I almost
0: broke the streak, Mark. I Two <laughs> hours and five minutes with this damn thing. <laughs> um
1: dude when i i forgot the runtime i forgot the runtime so when i fired it up i'm looking at it going "Huh, let's see oh dear god it's two hours and five minutes
0: when it got to the natural climax of the movie i was like and then my (laughs) my mouse hovered over the runtime bar i'm like wait 56 minutes what
1: it's like two movies in one. It really is. No, it's um, barely
0: even one movie in <laughs> it's one.
1: it's barely. So, well, I mean, you know. I'm doing great, by the way. Thank yeah, you. I, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're doing great. Uh, you're so great. I'm sure that you could uh, give us a synopsis of the host. <clears throat> well,
0: um, it, was, uh, it was a really cool. I mean, 2006 was a great year for Korean monster movies. And, uh, Oh, wait, sorry, we're talking about the one from 2013. Wrong,
1: wrong host, yes, the wrong, wrong host. Yeah, this
0: definitely is the wrong host. <laughs> um, I was so excited, Mark, when you said that we were going to be talking about the host. I didn't put it together that you, we were talking about it. this one until much you, too late, and I was yeah, like, you, oh
1: my God. You missed it, unfortunately. We did do the host, but it was before you uh, became uh, an integral part in our podcast. So we did cover that movie, though. Excellent movie by the way, a lot of fun.
0: Well, I'll have to watch it my own time and then go back and listen to the episode. But for tonight, um, let, let me, I, watched, I finished watching this movie like three hours ago and I still have to go to the synopsis because I'm like, I don't, in one ear and out the other. Um, all right, so uh, Sersha Ronan, an actress whom I love. She is a tremendous talent. She starred in uh, this movie. <laughs> Which is from the uh, the writer of Twilight. That should tell you all you need to know. But I'm going to go further. Stephanie Meyer wrote the quote-unquote book that this quote-unquote movie was based on. Um, there there is an alien invasion, and these little squibbly white tendril beings of light came down and took over basically all life or all human life on the planet. They inserted themselves into human hosts, and uh, basically they got rid of war famine dishonesty like all the bad things in human nature uh and but they're all just kind of like wandering around you know doing their thing uh but there are, there are pockets of human resistance who don't want to be taken over they like their free will and uh, melanie strider played by search Ronan, is a teenager
1: yeah. Um I think I, I yeah. think I, I think. mean she
0: does she has a lot of
1: sex in this movie um or at least implied like nine, um, 19 like you know next month she'll be 20 type of teenager I think or 25 really actually
0: I know Let's just go with that because the <laughs> alter, like like the internal monologue when she's talking to the alien version of herself I'm like this girl is 12 years old. Um but uh <laughs> but she's uh she gets captured in the beginning of the film during some kind of like a resistance raid, and she gets implanted with one of these uh, creatures who calls herself or is referred to as Wanda or the Wanderer. She's a thousand years old. She's finally been implanted in this new body, and she's learning all about humanity. Um, Melanie slash Wanda, it's like a man with two brains situation. There are mm-hmm. two personalities vying for control inside this you know body. Uh, she ends up back in the, you know, the hands of the resistance led by uh, William Hurt. Um, Melanie's younger brother is there. So is the uh, so is hottie Jared Howe, played by Max Irons, who is uh, someone that she and her little brother found. And they ended up like, hey, well, we might have to preserve the human race. <laughs> um, so,
1: So that's the line you're going with. OK, <laughs> so many lines in this movie. Um Diane
0: Kruger, the lovely Diane Kruger plays the seeker who is sort of the one of the head aliens. Mm. She is tasked with tracking down all members of the resistance and essentially wiping them out or forcibly converting them into hosts so that the alien species can have total dominance over the planet. She goes after Melanie. There's resistance versus aliens. There's not a love triangle. It's a bit of a twist from the Twilight thing. There is, you know, a a lovely young teenage girl and two hunky brooding, you know, opposite sides of the tracks or whatever, guys fighting for her affection. But instead of a love triangle, it's a love square because uh, Jared is in love with Melanie, but uh, Ian, I'm embarrassed to share a name with a character in this movie, played by Jake Abel is in love somehow With Wanda, yes, the alien trapped inside of Melanie's body. Yes. Can this just be like a 10-minute episode, Mark? We should get in and out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Help me out, man.
1: Okay, remember last week I said, well, you know, every film that I looked at for Remote Controlled Month um, involved horror, being a horror film. But... One of the reasons I picked this was because it's been a really long time since I watched it, and I'm like, I don't think that was actually a horror film. And no, this is not a horror film. Uh, Maybe horror in other ways, but it is is—it is not a horror film. Um, yeah, it's, it's by the writer of Twilight, and this literally feels like, <laughs> I mean, basically take, Take the, the, the relationship dynamic you have in Twilight and just add a second <laughs> female in inter- it. That, that's it. It's, otherwise, it's the same thing. I mean, it, the thing is, it, it, I, it came out in 2013. There was the big craze of the young adult movies going out. And, you know, you're coming off, I think Twilight had just finished, or when was the final Twilight film? Um, uh, if
0: you want, I can go check my Blu-ray collection upstairs. I. Okay. I'll leave it to you to find out if I'm joking.
1: I I don't think you are joking. I'm just trying to decide if that is your collection or your wife's collection.
0: So, uh, who do you think it would be,
1: Mark? was. <laughs> I, I was and Team Edward all the way. Sorry, uh, Team Edward. <clears throat> oh my god. Mm-hmm. They don't sparkle. Yeah. They don't fuck, and then you know why they sparkle? Because when you kill them, they shatter into glass. So at least there's that explanation, which makes no sense. But anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, that's that's a whole other. What was that? The Rising Ass? No, Rising Dawn. (laughs) Rising Dawn. Breaking Dawn. Breaking (laughs) Rising. The Rising Ass. I'd like to watch (laughs) that movie. Rising Dawn, Breaking Ass. There was Breaking know. Dawn
0: parts one and two. This is okay. firmly in the epic book series. We gotta split the last chapter into two to make more yes. money.
1: Okay. So this literally came out a year after Breaking Dawn part two. So they're riding that Twilight Wave, the the, the author. She's like, Yeah, surfing with that money you know, regardless of how bad uh, she makes people look, doesn't care. Woohoo! And so she has this other book, The Host, and they adapt that because the producer's like, holy shit, Twilight, making money, we got our demographic. let's keep going with it. And they come out with this, and they give you The Host, which has a lot of talented people in it, but it shows that even talent can't always save a script <laughs> that doesn't know what the hell it wants to be. Um, it, it's set in the the. Okay, so we start out. We get the the Mr. Vo- we get the we get the voiceover. Excuse me, Ms. Voiceover about <laughs> about how the Earth was taken over by the aliens. Um, and when we find out from the aliens, they take over their brain, uh, but the people could still be inside. Uh, And we find out, spoiler, near the end, that's true. Everybody is actually still alive inside. They're just kind of locked away while the alien personality takes over remote controls and drives the body around with these piercing blue eyes that Meg Foster would go, damn, those are some blue eyes. Um, (laughs) But uh, the, the main of many issues that I had is there's a lot of potential here. You've got a great cast. You've got an interesting concept. The reason my name there on the tag for those who watch the live stream is No Soul is, yes, Robert Baum was correct. It is a reference to Don No Soul Simmons from Amazon Women on the Moon, but it's also referred to the fact that these aliens are referred to as souls uh, that take over the body. My Did I miss it, Ian? there i was trying to figure out the motivation of the aliens for doing this for taking over the bodies because they've they've taken over bodies across the galaxy apparently 12 planets they've taken mm. over where they've <clears throat> co-hosted the bodies uh and here go figure humans are the most difficult of course of course we are <laughs> But I um, didn't pick up the motivation. I'm like, because in all honesty, outside of you not having control over your body, um, it seems like it was a pretty good deal. I mean, you didn't even have to pay for your groceries, which were all in generic labels. Uh, well, I mean, it's, you're right. It's an interesting concept. I, I would think that the
0: reason that they did this is for, I mean, it's what they do right? as a species, right? Right. Um, it's interesting that we don't get other they've come there are a couple of different things in here that i thought were were done pretty well at least in terms of ideas Mm -hmm. because the wanda character when she's interrogated she says that she is of like over a thousand years old but her alien species has only conquered 12 planets right Usually, when you see like you hear like Independence Day or, or the Borg or something like, oh, they've, they've conquered like 5,000 planets across the galaxy and you know it's a big threat. 12 planets doesn't sound that bad, but we, ne- we never flash to see any of those planets, we never see any of those other species coming down to Earth with them or them inhabiting them on planet Earth. Now, maybe that's because the conditions wouldn't be conducive to those host bodies or whatever, but my theory is. They go and they take over a planet and they take over the population and then they just kind of like wear them out and then they have to leap onto the next planet. Right. It might not be malicious necessarily, but you know, if they take because I don't know exactly how they reproduce. Right. We never we get we never right. get into that. So it could be that maybe they jump into human bodies, but they can't like mate with each other or whatever. So that they just have to go find someplace else to, you know, to perpetuate their their, you know their forms right
1: yeah, and there's a lot
0: of good things to think about in this movie it's just wrapped up in this bullshit badly done teen romance
1: right and that's that was the problem I had with it was and it's I don't have anything against a romantical film regardless of what people might think uh, I don't have anything against a romantical film I, I enjoy a number of them I mean Moulin Rouge is one of my favorite films uh, heartbreaking but still anyway that's a romantical film but the, the, the problem that I had with the host is, it, it's again, it's kind of like you're traveling on a train or, or on a tram that you can't get off of, and you see really good ideas, and there they go. The world, <laughs> the world that they build, the idea, the concept of these aliens, the fact that they're called souls, the fact that they're in the body with the person that they're inhabiting, the, the mental waveform whatever that person's also in there with the aliens i mean there's a lot of really cool stuff to explore that they kind of gloss over to this love thing that really is i'm just like we we're going here i want to see i want to see more of this i want to see the the seekers i want to see this hierarchy that they have amongst These aliens that are taking over the humans, you know, because it felt like that. You had the Seekers and they're interrogating the Wanderer. You almost felt like the Wanderer was a lower tier in their society or whatever than, you know, the the Seekers. And then who's above the Seekers? You know, I mean, there's a lot of really great things to explore that just kind of get abandoned for... Oh, don't you kiss him? No, don't you kiss him? Don't kiss him? Why are you kissing him? It's, it's, it's like a virtual Siamese twins trying to carry on a relationship.
0: It's worse than that because I think part of this is, you know, it's a limitation of what the actress is called upon to do. Right. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that Saoirse Ronan is a bad actress because she's proved in other films that she's not. Uh, quite the opposite. But the thing is, she's, she's Irish and she's got a very distinct Irish accent. Yes. So in the alien voice, she's just kind of got this flat, generically American accent. But when she's in the Melanie voice, I think we established that Melanie was from Louisiana
1: initially. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because she's she's got this
0: overdone, like generic Southern American twang accent. I'm like, But it's not even consistent because sometimes she's like, don't you dare kiss him. And then sometimes like, you've got to let him go.
1: Like What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because actually it surprised me. The only time I even really noticed the accent was there's one scene right after uh, uh, the one guy uh, Ian was showing interest is like, that nah, wasn't me, by the way. No, not no. not this Ian. She's a, <laughs> it, it was the most. It was probably the most striking. The most realized that she had a southern accent was, and you better keep it that way. I mean, like literally, like that. Twain. I'm like, wait, when did she become southern? And I'm like, oh wait, no, she's been down there all along. It just wasn't as evident as when, um, she you know threatened Wanda and that's like the only time it really ever comes out otherwise it doesn't it's um,
0: it's if you're listening for it which I was because I had nothing else going on watching yeah. this movie it's it's completely inconsistent there's like it three is, different okay. accents uh-huh. it, this, this show just let her use her her Irish accent
1: why it's not? So lovely see and that's that's a, one of those cases where I'm like, why couldn't you? You know, especially when you do sci-fi films, and especially you're doing something like this, to where she's a rebel who's separated from the aliens. You know, she's fighting the alien. Why not just let her have her own uh, natural accent? You know, because there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing in this film that says she has to be from the the West or America. There's it. Just it's just one line of dialogue. You know. Uh...
0: I grew up in Louisiana after my parents moved here from Ireland. Oh, you know. <laughs> and and it would probably sound about that convincing, too, if I was doing it yeah. um, for real. I, but, yeah, it's just 10 seconds just established that she's not from Louisiana. She's from somewhere else. But, you know.
1: Th- this is, like, the softest, most kid-glove, post-apocalyptic alien invasion story I've really ever watched because... And that's the thing is, I understand, I, I, I understand it's trying to kind of be the teenage romance or whatever, the young person's romance over the supposed apocalyptic thing. But they don't give you enough even from the post, at, at least the other ones, even if they weren't that good, like, uh, 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 was it Allegiant or whatever it was that the, the uh, series that came out? Uh, Divergent, Divergent. Divergent, um, yeah. It wasn't really that great. The movies weren't. I was told the books were far better. But at least there they even established though that, you know, kind of the rules of the world and kind of how how the class system was and, and why these people were really rebelling at what is the bad thing. And granted, okay, loss of loss of free will, I get it, but at the same time they do make a point for like five seconds in this film of, well, we improved your world. We improved the environment. There's peace. There's, you know, no greed. They literally don't have a financial system. You could literally, if you got the blue eyes and go up to someone and go, hey, I really need to borrow your car. You can just borrow the car because the guy's like, okay, because they apparently don't lie to each other, which lasts about an hour and a half in the film.
0: (laughs) Well, but the the problem there is that
1: Yeah, it's great for
0: the aliens because they get to walk around these cool bodies and have a peaceful society. But the people that used to own those bodies are either completely subsumed or they're stuck in a prison of this personality that's not their own.
1: You know, and I I get that, but it never they talk about it. I never feel like get that heavy or give the weight that that type of concept really should and i don't know if
0: they they get damn close at the end when the seeker spoilers um when they take the the alien out of the seeker's body and diane Kruger gives you know a tremendous 45 second performance coming out of it and she was like you know oh my god i you could tell that she was trapped in like this hell for a number of years not being able to control uh you know her her will wasn't her own um, yeah, but that's, there are, the ideas are there, but these, a lot of these avenues are unexplored. And I was thinking to myself this entire time, like, I would like, I like to see the adult targeted version of this movie with the same cast, a much better script, and none of this sappy teen romance. Because, yeah, the voiceover bit where it's like, you know, Wanda and Melanie are talking to each other back and forth. It is so. It's not even CW. It's like you know oh. Nickelodeon, uh, Disney Channel nonsense. Like it's that is, I would say, performed terribly. But again, it just sounds like they stuck her in a voice recording booth and said, "Here, read these lines. Be really expressive <sighs> without any context."
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean that 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 is the tough part. And again, I understand that's supposed to be the focus, but at the same time. What you've created here is of interest and has so much potential to explore a lot of other things. And you could still keep the romance part in here, but really dive deep into it. I mean, William Hurt's in a different film. His character is, I love his character. I love the dynamic of the rebels. I loved that part of it. I wanted to see more kind of, of that instead of the love square, like you put it, uh, between our our three young folks because that got tiresome.
0: <laughs> Mark, I'm going to say something that uh, people are going to say it's too soon, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I think this movie took about 10 years off William Hurt's life.
1: Ooh. Uh, but I, I'm like I, seeing William Hurt's Jeb, though. I'm like... I want to follow that character. I want to follow him and the challenges he has, and maybe they do it better in the book. The challenges he has of trying to keep this rebel group together, you know, and 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 also this conflict he has that his was it his niece is also, you know, now a soul possessed, uh, person. You know, there's a lot of stuff in there that they touch on, but then they're like. And now back to the romance. You know, it's like we get this little nugget of stuff, and now back to the romance where they're debating in their heads whether or not who they should kiss.
0: Yeah, where are they? Are they in like Utah or something? I I don't know. This this giant like mountain formation think, where yeah. they've got these these caverns where they built a Wrath of Khan style Genesis cave, which is really cool. Except, again, I'm thinking now I need some more backstory here because they have this elaborate like, solar panel-lined... I mean, they're mirrors and everything, but they can control them to, like, hide their location. I'm like, how the hell did... I know, Michael Jed's a genius. I'm like, well, that's there's a difference between being a genius and having, like, Elon Musk levels of resources to build your, you know, mountain utopia in the middle of an alien invasion. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on there, but I would love to see that story.
1: I I would love to see that story, too, of, of how they, they... But that's the thing, too. I, I would... Love to see the story of of this uh, uh, this group of rebels, though I'm going to say it, and people can call me whatever names. I would have liked to see more diversity within this group of colonists, <laughs> only because only because, in all honesty, I couldn't tell one young teenage one so quote unquote teenage boy from the other. I'm like, wait, is that is that is that is that Ian or is that is that Jared or wait no is that the guy that wants to kill or that's neither Jed Jared or Ian but I I can't tell.
0: Well, I mean, there was actually if you look for it, there's a lot of diversity in this cast. It just happens to be more in the adult uh, the adult. Oh, spectrum. okay, that's true. Um, okay. you know, it's like in yeah. in the alien uh, overlords in the the rebels that uh, I. The, the two rebels that get chased out on that highway or whatever, and they end up out of bullets and they run their car or their truck into the concrete wall. I laughed on impact. I straight up like go.
1: I, I did too, because I'm like, wait, that that's your solution. Not let's try to take out as many as we can. You've got a truck. They've got car. You could at least try to ram these guys or whatever, But no, you're going to go and smash yourself into the wall of a divider, which we've proven might not necessarily keep you from being possessed. As we found out with our opening action sequence with uh, Wanda slash uh, Melanie, uh, you know, where she jumped out a window, and the doctor literally says nearly every organ and bone exploded, and every bone broken. Yet she's still alive, and and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, well, yeah, she
0: looked really good for that being the case, like. I mean, she had some scratches on her and everything. And it was kind of a cool effect, the way the camera moved around so that when the alien was implanted, you see that she's perfectly pristine and, and healed right, and everything. Yeah. But how, uh, here's a question. Mark, how do the aliens build those spaceships?
1: Oh, you mean the little pods?
0: Yeah. I, how did
1: they build anything? They're like the little squibbly-like... Well, no, they, <laughs> controlled, they controlled beings that helped build those things. That's how that worked. I guess. You know? that's how they were. well and they also like i said they also touch on it's mentioned a couple of times on how the humans are the first alien race out of the apparently the 12 planets they've conquered that is the most resistant to them being taken over they don't understand why i'm like so you took over 12 other subservient planets that just are like yeah take my body please uh, <laughs> you know but humans oh humans we're the garbage of the galaxy apparently <laughs>
0: Right, but it just opens up all these other questions. Like, Mm -hmm. again, how do they build the spaceships? I mean, you're not going to be able to build manufacturing and and hyperdrive systems and all that stuff just being like these little light beings. You're going to need something with hands, ostensibly, to manufacture these crafts, right?
1: Well, and not, not only that, but the crafts seem to be guided by this light map, that, that's where they land. Now, I don't know if that's where they always land, if they just get jettisoned, and when they get to a new planet, they just get dumped somewhere until someone happens upon their little pod, opens it, and then they just kind of go all, Bee! and well, go like face-huggery, yeah. yeah like face-huggery. They, they don't even say that. All they say in the opening is that these aliens took over the planet, and I'm just like, okay, h- how? And then apparently travel takes a while. Which, again, theory of relativity, I understand that, but they talk about how this 1,000-year-old alien, they're going to, near the end, they, they come up with this way where they discover that, oh, yeah, we don't have to kill the aliens. We can extract them and just send them on their way, and then the other humans come back. Um, so they come up with that because apparently the other aliens either didn't know or didn't tell them, whatever. But still, when they put them in their little pods to send them on their way, uh, they have to have the star map received. It looks like there, there's like no other like mothership that brought the initial delivery of the the beings. And even if they did, it looks like they have to go in through a slice in the back of the neck. They can't just like crawl in through your nose or you know down your mouth like a face hugger. They have to have a slit in the back to where they apply themselves to your spinal cord. I'm like, well, how'd the first ones do that then? <laughs> you know how did this I- invasion start
0: i don't know um also i totally lost my train of thought um oh no i i, I remembered now uh there's this one scene where melanie slash wanda mm-hmm. encountered the lab where the resistance had captured some of the blue-eyed you know the, some of the hosts and extracted the aliens from them and they were like all set on a tray and they're all like dead cut up and stuff yeah. and she was like recoiled in horror but you know william hurt's like what do you expect us to do <laughs> it's like, it's like an alien invasion we don't want to get taken over we gotta learn about your kind um but uh, yeah i just i don't know how what? these things are supposed to work but they say towards the end like oh the big secret is did you know that you don't need to to forcefully extract them you can like coax them out with love or some nonsense i'm like kindness 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 okay but they're talking about the seeker now the seeker even though it's in the body and has the mannerisms of diane kruger it's still a malevolent alien with you know this single-minded mission how are you going to coax the villain out with love or kindness well, here, come, come here, pretty villain. We're gonna put you, gonna put you in a spaceship and send you off into the stars. We know you can hear us and understand us, but well, there's that, no resistance. There's no fighting. Oh, they're showing me kindness. I'll just get
1: in the in the craft. Well, that that's that's the whole confusing part with this is there's no real rules set, and I know it sounds weird, but when you have a film like this you need to establish at least a a few set of of base rules. And that's where I was saying is these aliens improved earth. Yes. They're taking over your free will. And of course you could get into the philosophical debate of the loss of free will versus improving the planet, which they touch on for literally one minute before we get back (laughs) again to the romance part and how she doesn't want, uh, Wanda taking her body to Ian. Um, you know uh so we touch on that thing but still it's like well you know what do these guys come down improve the planet and then they they just eventually fuck off or whatever <laughs> you know and they go there you go we improved your planet peace out um you know it sounds like they said conquer but i'm like but you're you get coaxed out by kindness you're a light of you're a being of pure light and just because you put a slit in the neck and your kind brings the alien out, I mean, you you put yourself in there because you wanted to take control of this planet for whatever motivation, improving it or whatever, so you could live here. And now you're just going to... And they say they've been doing it for months and coaxing these things out for months. And I'm like, so the aliens just are going... Willie lee they're like oh yeah okay you found us out we'll take off now okay. right but i mean even like they had a few
0: of those aliens i don't know if they're experimenting with them simultaneously but you'd think if you were captured by your enemy and you know tied down in a lab table or something you're like oh there goes jeff onto that they're, they're taking him out of the host uh they did it with kindness because he was kind of he fell for it but i'm not going to fall for it I'm gonna make, <laughs> you know another possibility would have been you know make these classic uh, movie villains where they think they're doing the right thing um kind of like what happened with uh ant-man and the lost quantum mania where spoiler alert uh kang the conqueror when he's talking to michelle pfeiffer he's like oh yeah i've been around and gone to all these different planets, and everything's great. And then she gets a glimpse of what he thinks greatness is, and it's like death and the destruction everywhere. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the aliens were like, "Oh yeah, we we improve all the planets we come to," uh, and then at at the end, it turns out that they just leave everything like a smoking husk of a shell, and that's why they need to be stopped because they're not really as altruistic as as they claim they are.
1: Right, and and. Maybe in the hands, and I always hate, you know, I I try to be positive and such, but maybe in the Why? hands oh. of a different <laughs> writer, you could have had that more established. And they're, again, hinting, it gets hints at it that they're thinking they're improving the lives of these aliens and like, oh, hey, what's a little free will when we completely healed your planet, you've got no war, greed whatever it's it's all a kumbaya you know type of society yeah you don't necessarily have your free will but hey you know it's just go along for the ride just sit back let me take the wheel type of thing but you never really explore that too much even the the corruption let's put it this way of the seeker the the the, the seeker who is the, you know Diane Kruger's character who is different than the other aliens, but the other aliens are so passive, they're just like, ah, she's on a bender, okay, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, didn't it feel like that? I mean, here, one of them is actually getting angry. Here, one of them is actually grabbing a gun, which apparently, you know, they're not really supposed to be violent, so they aren't gun. even in the beginning when we see them trying to capture Melanie. They have their sprays out, like they're going to knock her out. They're not going to actually hurt her. They want to spray her to knock her out. Um, and it says
0: peace on it, so it's like a peaceful yeah. knockout gas. Yeah, it,
1: yeah. It,
0: it's also kind of a give, giveaway at the end where, oh my God, the four the four hero teens are out joyriding through the city, and they get pulled over by the aliens, and it turns out that they're also resistance <laughs> fighters. And I'm like, why? Why did you think that it was okay to go joyriding in the city? like you're out in the desert you're ostensibly on a on a wanted list of some kind like somebody knows you're out there on on top of that at one point melanie goes into back into the town to get some medicine for her younger brother I guess the alien civilization can travel light years and colonize planets and build amazing silver sports cars and helicopters, but they don't really have a criminal database or surveillance systems. Like, well, hey, doesn't this person look exactly like the one that, that our seeker
1: disappeared trying to find? See, and that's what I found where it contradicts itself because they these aliens play themselves off as believing everybody's peaceful. And they think she, in all honesty, they think she is one of them, even though, yeah, you would think there's a facial recognition thing because she's supposedly, you know, missing. But they, I think what they were going for is these aliens are so passive that they don't care because they think it's so insignificant that they... The only person really looking for Melanie is the Seeker. She calls the other ones out there. They listen to her. They obey. They came out. They half-assed their search. Seeker is like out there. You know Diane Kruger, her character's like, "I saw fuck the mirror right there. We get they're right there." And then they fly over. The guy doesn't even go in the direction she points. He just flies over a motorcycle. Which the guy's like, "Yeah, hey, how you fucking doing, <laughs> you bunch of morons." And they're like, yeah, see, they aren't out here. And then they're like, well, even if they are out here, they're going to die. So, eh, you know, why are you going after them, Seeker?
0: Which is a great question. Like, is she, is this a personal vendetta? Well, is she on orders from somebody else? Like, what is, what is her deal,
1: really? Well, and, and they try to play that off, but it still didn't quite make sense to me when uh, the Seeker goes back to her pod, they get her out, And, you know, boom, Lacey appears. I think that was her name. Lacey was the the human's actual name. Mm, Uh, mm -hmm. uh, When she comes out, she's like, oh, I've been screaming for years. And then Melanie goes, oh, so that's why you were seeking me out. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm trying to draw line A to B. And there's a wall in the way of A to B going, (laughs) I, I... what I'm like, I. Why would her screaming be driving, you know? But and I don't need everything explained to me. I'm not like that. I don't mind not having my hand hold, but at the same time, you're going to drop something like that to say for the motivation of the seeker breaking protocol and being different than the other <clears throat> seekers who are being all passive, and you're just going to breeze by like well, my yelling in the Seeker's ear or in the head for, like, years is the reason why she went after you. And I'm like, that, that makes no sense. I could see if, you know, it drop a line at least that the Seeker thought that if she could kill Melanie, it would silence the voice in her head, maybe give me some kind of line or something like that. But all she says is, yeah, yelling for years, and Melanie's like, oh, And you're like, (laughs) and you're just like, oh?
0: Let's, let's, uh, right around this time is when Melanie is laying on the table. The doctor is about to, uh, kill her per her own request. And she's lying there giving this monologue and she's like, uh, I I want to die. I've been waiting millennia for this to be over. I said, true words have never been spoken, sister. (laughs) <laughs> um but so she blacks out when she comes to she wasn't expecting to be alive but she is and you know there's melanie she holds up a mirror and all of a sudden it's it's lovely emily browning staring back at us uh another actress that i love who is absolutely slumming it in this picture <laughs> um but it's weird because so uh melanie gets to be with troy or jake or the hell
1: his name was i don't know melanie gets guy, to be jared
0: just Jared,
1: Jared. Okay. Just Jared. It's just Jared. Jared. It could only be Jared. <laughs> he's he's, um, he's not possessed, so he's by a soul, so he's just just Jared. So I thought the same thing when he first started <laughs>
0: acting, but anyway. uh So then, Wanda ends up with Ian, and I just thought it was so strange because like a bunch of teenage kids or whatever, and no one is weirded out. I guess the whole like underlying message is it's not what you look like on the outside. It's all about what's on the inside. I'm like, bullshit. Like if I'm Saoirse, if I'm going out with Sir Ronan and all of a sudden like this other, you know, again, you know, short brown haired attractive teenager or whatever shows up, it's going to take a while to get used to like being in love with someone who looks completely different than the person you thought she was like well, it's two not, weeks ago.
1: It's not the looks Ian. They looked inside in the soul and it's the soul nope. that he nope. was attracted to. The young, virile young man. He was attracted to her soul and Let's, the personality and not <laughs> the looks.
0: Let's put that shit to the test Mark. How about they transplant Wanda into the body of Uncle Jed? <laughs> You get to see them making me. out at the end kiss of the movie, me. yeah. Kiss me, you, you, you fool! Kiss me, double date. <laughs> now, I downtown. See, now I want to see that.
1: Now I want to see that.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, now, I don't well, think William Hurt making out with a young teenage boy is not not a good look.
1: And again, I understand it's supposed to be a quote unquote teen romance novel or young, uh, you know, twenty something uh, romance story but there was another opportunity for you to really spin things on your head and have wanda just be pissed and upset and crying that they didn't actually kill her you know because she plays it off fairly quick she's like well, the doctor she goes the doctor you broke your promise and he's like well no they actually did and then and and then they they give this wonderful convoluted way of well, you see, we've been freeing people for months. So you're like, so they've been keeping the Wanderer in a pod for months, and the Wanderer wasn't aware that she was in the pod for months? Well, we've been doing this for months, and this one, after we freed the alien, uh, she her personality didn't come back, so we just dumped you into this corpse. You see, Mark, here's the
0: thing. Um This ties directly into the hidden, which we talked about last week. Yes, right? Where it's like at the very end, the human body is dying, so the alien altruistically takes possession. It's kind of the same thing here, except the alien was put unbeknownst to them into a dying body. (laughs) Right. Now, there's another theme in the movie we're talking about next week, I believe, upstream color. I'm starting to think... Instead of remote-controlled, you should just call the series Roofied by Aliens, because that's what it's turning out to be. <laughs>
1: alien Roofie. I should, yes. should just change the theme of the month to Alien Roofie. Yeah, I... That's the thing, is... is That was the frustrating thing with watching this film because being a science fiction fan and having watched many a science fiction film, there's some very interesting avenues you could take with this story that they establish, if you weren't trying to remind people, oh, hey, no, this is a romance story. I'm like... I would have liked her to, to, to write something that didn't necessarily, like I said, have at the end the big twist that Wanda is actually freaked out and pissed and goes running off that she's still alive, which she asked them specifically, kill me, it's been a thousand years, I am done. Oh shit, you could have her
0: turn and go back to her own kind saying, oh, this is what you do with your free will, you take away the free will of other people? Wow. Right. Right, that, and that that sets up a trilogy. I mean, the thing is, like, the this movie was another one of the the long uh, piles of s- franchise non starters. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. there's that whole thing at the end they find more resistance teenagers like themselves. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, we've been discussing this easing This evening, it's too dumb to be science fiction for anybody who's into science fiction to show up because they're going to say, "What are the rules? You're breaking all your canon. None of this makes sense." and it's all just devolving into sappy romance. The teens were into sappy romances, like, what's with all this sci-fi bullshit? Like, Twilight worked because <laughs> it was mostly about teens in high school right. or, you know, after getting out of high school, well, and then they get into the larger world of, like, oh, those vampire council conspiracies. But by then, you already got them hooked.
1: Right, but also in the Twilight films, and I don't believe I'm actually defending these things but uh in the twilight films the the vampire and the werewolves play so much more an integral part in the overarching story and the the world and you're explored and there's in that she set up better rules in the first film uh, now i didn't read the books but even in the first film, you got some rules established with the vampires, with the werewolves, why they hate each other. You got, you 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 got, you know, why they don't like, why you know most of Edward's family looks at Bella like, dude, that's like brunch. Why the why the why are you playing with your food, dude? Um, you know, they establish at least some rules in the world where in here that's even abandoned to where. You know, and, and again, it, I even I'm trying to put myself in. You know, maybe this this didn't even appeal really to the younger crowd when it came out. It literally has like a 13 percent on Rotten Tomatoes for whatever that's worth. It's it's not well rated or received. Some people say it was a decent adaptation of the book. I'm like, oh, that I'm not sure if what that's telling of the book. But again, there's if it wasn't supposed to be a romance story there's a lot of interesting things in here existential descriptions you could get in here philosophical stuff you could even the world of of how the humans how how the aliens pass the humans off so much passively and and that was another thing where it contradicted itself they're not important enough to go looking but they, if they come into town and they take some supplies out to their dying people, well, then we've got to have the cops and we've got to cut them off and we've got to take them. Why? Even if they steal some of those supplies, eventually, according to the, what everything they say, they're going to die out, you know, or at least start having the hills have eyes type of offspring. <coughs> but, uh,
0: you know. Well, but but that's, that's the other thing it was like, that didn't even make sense because, like, if you have— you know, uh, like five women of childbearing age and at least, you know, at least one guy, they're not going to die out necessarily, right? They can they reproduce and, and keep this thing going and and through the generations
1: even come up with a good little rebellion. Well, that's what they were trying to do is, I guess, is cut their supplies off so they wouldn't feed each, you know, so they would starve. That's why it's the big surprise of the Genesis cave where he's growing wheat in the cave based off of reflective mirrors
0: i know but that's that's the other 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 problem you know you talked about the lack of diversity in the movie this is another one of those obnoxious post-apocalyptic narratives where like the middle of america is mankind's last hope like is there no other pockets anywhere else on the globe like maybe a deep jungle somewhere where you could have people who could live off the land you know there's water and vegetation and stuff
1: Well, that's what got me, too, with the ending of this film is the fact of when they run across the other group who also just happened to have one member who was a turned soul alien for the other side, just like their pod. Um, You know, they dropped the line of, oh, we thought we were the only pod of resistance left. And I'm like, it's a big world. And I understand these aliens took over a lot of it. Are you guys that naive to where you think you're the only ones in the world? Because I'm like, you haven't had any attempt to steal a radio so you could go talk to someone else via ham radio. Where was you know? <laughs> well, it's this this movie also has I
0: know we're winding down here, but I feel like I had no, talked about no. all the problems in this thing forever. Um, it oddly feels like a COVID movie. Because if you'll notice, <laughs> there are so many yeah. scenes. There's only a couple of scenes, I feel like, in this movie where there's more than, like, five people in the frame at a time. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much, I don't know if it was what it was going on. Maybe it was a budget. Like, we spent all this money hiring Saoirse Ronan and Diane Kruger that, you know, we're going to make the most out of having people stand in the middle of a dusty road and, like, have four people in the shot, like, talking to each other for 10 minutes. Like, it just feels so damn cheap.
1: <laughs> it. Well, it does. And they're all kind I of mean, socially it, distanced. I yeah. mean, you know, the movie got interesting at the very end when they meet the the other resistance folks, because you get Bokeem Woodbine showing up in here. And I'm like, where was he for the rest of this movie? You
0: know? like, It reminded me of a movie that came out a few years after this that... I was blown away that it got no play. Like, it flopped hard, and I thought it was great. It was called Kin. Oh, yeah. And it was, Mm -hmm. yeah. And at the very end of that movie, uh, the aliens from the future step out and they take their m- space motorcycle helmets off. And one of them is Michael B. Jordan. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Cause it was supposed to be like, Oh, this, now this, we're going right. to start off this yeah. franchise yeah. and it never went anywhere. Like I would have loved to have seen that series. unlike like this one.
1: Well, and yeah, you could, you could tell they were trying to jumpstart another one, but this just, this, I remember it flopping quite a bit. People are just like, what, you know, because it, it was probably rushed. You're right. They didn't get a whole lot of money behind it, but they probably rushed it because, oh, hey, we could tag it as from the author of Twilight, and that will get the butts in the seats, regardless of how good or bad it is. And then we could, you know, take it as it will down the road. Once this takes off, then we could do the next one and be good. You know, it's just like you, you, you mentioned it, Kin uh, Four. Remember, uh, I am four. I'm I am number four. That was another movie I really liked. <laughs> I loved I am number four. I'm like, and then I realized that there was a series of books, and I'm like, yeah. And then they went nowhere <laughs> because you know they talked about pre production of the next. As it was going to be like a trilogy at least of four, and, yeah. You know, five and six. And,
0: I yeah, it's funny because um, I was looking at on Amazon. They have a little pop up trivia. Yeah, yeah, Diane Diana Agron, mm-hmm. who was at the time was one of the stars of Glee and was the, the main female lead in I Am Number Four, she auditioned for the role of Melanie slash Wanda really? in this <laughs> movie. Yeah, But I... it's, it's just something about this time, because I think one of the reasons this thing flopped is there was a saturation of the young adult novel adaptation, because you've got Twilight, as we mentioned. This was the year after The Hunger Games came out, and a year before Divergent. So when you st- no matter what you think of all those other movies, I was a big fan of Divergent. I hated the next two movies, mm-hmm. but I think Divergent is the perfect thing where it's like it's a film that's meant to set up a franchise, but at the end you just leave it as a cliffhanger and never explore the story anymore. But as as like a positive thing, so I think it works great as a standalone movie with a big mystery at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got that and The Hunger Games. This, if you don't have a smart story. And you don't have a compelling romance. You need to at least have some good action behind it, or it has to be so bad that it's funny. Right. This just fails to tick any of those boxes.
1: <laughs> it does. It and again, for me, that was the toughest part. Is I, I really wanted to like this film because watching it, I loved the concepts. It just it doesn't do anything. It 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 just devolves into this romance thing and and they touch a little bit with the alien part but it really just kind of you're like you know why am i what is the purpose because there kind of is an arc that really because wanda's sympathetic to the humans to be in with or develops halfway through she becomes sympathetic to the humans so you're like okay so she's going to join the rebellion and they're going to put raids out on their headquarters you know and maybe turn other souls and get all that and instead we get uh oh don't kiss him oh I, I can't hear melody anymore kiss me no, kiss me like you want to be slapped <laughs> which
0: a very, very Harvey Weinstein esque line. Anyway, um,
1: well, 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 let's not forget that when, let's not forget that when they're talking, and she says Melody's not here, and he's like, "Oh, this isn't working. Hold on." He goes gets the other guy to come in and kiss. <laughs> The girl, he was just it was really awkward. I'm like, you know, if this was adults, this would this is still either way. I'm like, this is just weird.
0: They didn't have any cars out in the desert, but they were about to run a train. <laughs> what? Um <sorry>. Snow <laughs> oh. oh, piercer. Oh Hoe Piercer. What? <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we went there, folks. Ah, mm. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that, too. No, I, yeah, it's... This is one of those things to where a lot of interesting ideas, unfortunately, they don't really go anywhere, and the resolution is convoluted, really. it's like it, It's like you know uh, cuz they don't and again the problem is rules aren't established there's just ideas thrown out but there's no real semblance of structure for this sci-fi where it's just like it's just the backdrop for the the triangle between Jared Ian and Melanie well the, the square and you know Wanda because it's like okay how long have they been here they don't, they don't go into how long these aliens have been trying to take over humans. Obviously, it's long enough to create this star grid that they could transport other, you know, and they've worked their way into society enough to where all brands are gone. So Disney didn't like this film. So <laughs> uh, you know, you just had you had a whole warehouse of generic labels um where people were smiling that you took stuff. Uh, you know, it just it's just this amalgamation of ideas that are... The sole purpose of this world is to set as a backdrop for an odd romance story. That's all it really is intended. And it's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of cool things that could have been explored. And maybe they were in the book, but just... And and maybe it's the adult, heavy sci-fi guy in me. But I'm like, there's some heavy concepts you could cover in here that they blow over in like a few minutes and that's it we're gone (laughs) right and that's the thing is like we grew up
0: watching movies that were strange romantic sci-fi heavy probably you know probably cheesy and dated by today but that gave you a, a firm balance the thing i think about uh is the last starfighter yeah you know it's a great teen romance but it's not a teen romance at the expect at the expense of the science fiction. It's the mm-hmm. science fiction woven into this, you know, story that that evolves. I gotta watch that movie again. Yes, you um, do. You do. But there are all different kinds of these films back in the '80s that that I think helped us become smart kids uh, and also you know, emotionally intelligent. To use a phrase that I can't stand. Um, whereas this stuff, I don't know. It's just just kind <clears> of. <throat> junkie like let's talk about briefly melanie something that you mentioned we were talking about the the kind of like oh kiss me or yeah i don't don't know if i want to bs romance stuff the voices in her head that's not even the same character we get when we first meet her at the beginning of the movie where she's like fighting off people and like running and hurling herself out a window to to escape like that's a fighter. that's a scrapper. That's not some like oh I wonder if he's gonna kiss me and you better not lay your hands on him. He's my man. Like
1: oh, d- no don't do the same kiss- person. Yeah, don't kiss him. Don't why are you kissing him? Don't kiss him. Don't you dare kiss I'm like there's really no fire there, you know, outside of her taking control of Wanda's hand twice to slap someone. Right, but, like, we
0: meet, at the beginning of this movie, we meet Katniss Everdeen, and when she wakes up as an alien, all of a sudden it's Betty and Veronica.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, well, I mean, she really doesn't seem like... They play her off as being so tough, she jumped through a window, all her guts exploded, and bones are broken, yet she's still alive. Fighter, and yeah... Unfortunately, they write the hidden inner monologue of her debating with, uh, you know, Wanda, uh, and she just sounds she's totally different character. It's like it this is not the rebel fighter who literally was going to take on seven guys and threw herself from a window so she wouldn't be taken over. I'm like, this is not that person because yeah, you're right. It's like. Don't kiss him. Oh, you better not kiss him. You better not use my body to kiss him. No. What are you doing? What are you? And the even bigger thing than that, what got me is I'm like, she's in her head, so they couldn't have an inner monologue with each other. The only way Wanda could talk to the voice in her head is by speaking out loud all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, She's in your head. Why don't you just think? But no, you you don't. You speak it out loud constantly, and your would-be boyfriends are like, "Uh, I'm guessing Melanie doesn't want us to do this." <laughs> like, what the f-
0: it's it's totally oh. batshit crazy.
1: <laughs> it is. It's, and we'll and we'll wrap it up here. My thought on it is, it's a film that has some interesting, wonderful, actually, science fiction ideas and concepts. But they are all sacrificed just to be a romance film. There is no reason for this movie to be set against an apocalypse. This literally could have been one instance of an alien taking over one person and they could have had the whole storyline between these three and the romance and everything without the apocalyptic part of it. This didn't need to be apocalypse, right? It could have been the start of the invasion, maybe. I don't know. I just... There's a lot of great ideas and concepts that just get abandoned or blown over or are so surface-level, so surface-level. It's like, why did you even bring it up?
0: I don't, yeah, I... Uh... I want to, uh, there's way more questions than answers. Um, We're not going to get him. Oh, no, no, obviously, but, but but that's, that, that is the frustrating thing. Like I almost wish someone would take this movie and remake it as something, you know, for adults. I mean, they'd probably get sued for, you know, story, you know, theft or something, but uh, it's, it's ripe for the picking.
1: You, you literally could have made this a spiritual successor or at least a, a, this generation equivalent of V, there's a lot mm. of potential here yeah. to turn this into the host into an actual limited series, to where you explore things like V did. Because dude, yeah, I'm get, I got serious now that you mentioned it. <laughs>
0: Diana vibes off of Diane Kruger's performance as the Seeker. That's right? a great call.
1: Yeah, right. I, I I was getting that vibes, but we get very because as you mentioned, they probably gave very little money to this film. Um, so you get silver cars and motorcycles and, and helicopters, and that's about it. You don't even really get a futuristic world. You get, you know, these sprays that were based off of the stones from the Fifth Element. Um, so, you know, it, there's just potential here for so much more, and and it's not that, and that's what was frustrating for me. It's not that I think it's a horrible film by any means. I think it is just probably a prime example of wasted potential and and it, it, it's it, it it hurt as a sci-fi fan because i'm like there there's a lot of cool things you could do for a young audience and explore things that you just don't you just don't the director of this
0: movie andrew nickel hmm also, he's got you know some good credits to his name. Uh he directed an underrated Nicolas Cage movie that I really like called Lord of War. Yes, Lord um, of War he, is great. He directed Gattaca. Yeah. He wrote he wrote the Truman show. Like <laughs> that's 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 just goes to solidify the crime here. Like there's so much talent in front of and behind the camera that it's like how do you, it's almost like a like a science experiment or a dare like i bet i can get like all these great ingredients uh i can get you filet mignon ingredients and still come off with a mcdonald's
1: cheeseburger his films up into the host i i enjoyed he did Gattaca was out of the gate he did simone which was a really interesting film that's the one where it's the hologram, the the actress that they create. Oh, yeah. With the Mm -hmm. AI. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Very interesting sci-fi film that explores some really cool concepts. That could be applied even more so today with ChatGPT and all of that. I mean, you know, that film's probably more relevant today than it was in 2002. But he did Simone. He did Lord of War. He did In Time, which I actually enjoyed In Time. Quite a bit. You I don't really, think I saw that one. That's the one where your life is your currency and everybody had the clock in their arm. Oh, yeah,
0: that was the um, the Justin Timberlake thing. The, I never saw that Yeah, one. the Justin Timberlake. I don't think I did. The Justin
1: Timberlake <laughs> film, which was actually a... When it first came out, was it in uh, 2011? I'm like, oh, Justin Timberlake film? Oh. But I went to see it because it's sci-fi and I like the concept of your life being your currency for how long you live. Um, and it ended up being a decent film. It was an interesting concept, some interesting social commentary and such. So you get all of that, and then you get the host. <laughs> and then it's just like, this is so... Compared to those four other bodies of work, this is so shallow compared to those. It, it It's, you know... If this maybe was his first film, I would see, but... Those other four films explore some really cool concepts, and they actually set rules and explore them, and in here they don't.
0: And it could just be a matter of being a source you know, material. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a, yeah like a, <laughs> Universal Pictures wants to pay me how much to direct this thing that they're confident is going to be a franchise, all right. Uh, just one note on the Timberlake thing. Mm. Um, have you ever seen Alpha Dog?
1: I have not, but I've heard about Alpha Dog.
0: Alpha Dog, great movie. Uh great performance by Timberlake. Also Amanda Seyfried's in it. She was also they were together on in Time. And also Alpha Dog had a uh an early performance from a very young Anton Yelkin. I
1: think oh, that was okay, the first yeah.
0: time uh I I think that was the first movie I remember seeing him in. Um so yeah, definitely check that out. But uh yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say about no, this movie. No,
1: we're 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 done. We've we've gone long enough for sure, but uh yeah, that's the host. Um, you know, even if you're a Twilight fan, I would say just watch Twilight um, because this one is just there. This is literally a film that's just there. Uh, it, it is it is CW material. You, you are absolutely right, I think, there, too. This could easily be on CW, this film. Uh, you know... And so, yeah, it's unfortunate to see that potential uh, just lost to uh, superficial, you know, superficialness, <laughs> that not, not skid deep, you know. So there you have it, folks. Uh, the Host. Uh, yeah, a film I even struggled with, which doesn't happen <laughs> too often. Uh, so uh, thank you so much I hope you found this discussion interesting yes next week will be our official Perfect 10 episode where we're talking about upstream color one I have not seen it will be a first view for me so that should be interesting it was one w- that it was on my list I never got around to seeing it so looking forward to seeing what that is about hope you've been enjoying remote controlled summer or uh, month or as I should say uh, alien roofie month here <laughs> And now, as always, is what I give uh, my wonderful host, uh, co-host, the license to shill. So I'm just all over the place tonight. So, Ian, go ahead. The floor is yours, sir.
0: Well, thank you, Mark. I'm Ian Simmons. I run Kicking the Seat, which you can find at kickseat.com. I also have a YouTube channel, which is Kicking the Seat, and uh, yeah, do uh, reviews and interviews and live streams. And speaking of which, Thursday at 8 p.m central you can tune in to watch some of earth's mightiest critics of which mark is a proud member and frequent guest uh we're gonna be I'm... talking about the mandalorian episode three season three and then at 8 45 p.m central immediately following doing a separate live stream about scream six mm. which should be a very uh fun uh conversation because i have a lot of things to say about scream six <laughs> and my opinion on the movie might surprise you.
1: Ooh. So there's or maybe a, not, since I gave it away, yeah. There, there's a tantalizing little tease for you there, folks. Um, yeah, no, don't let them. I, I'm just the guy that sneaks in the back, and then I'm the janitor of Earth Smitey. I've read that about so, you. Yeah, no, what? No, sorry. Shh. <laughs> Shh. That's, what, uh, that's, that's why you're the alien roofie guy. That's what? why I'm no. the alien roofie guy. We call this one the host. Anyway, so. <laughs> That's it, folks. We're done for the evening. And until next time, we'll just say goodnight, everyone. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Looking for more spoiler room goodness? Then head on over to patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to even more wonderful podcast content hear the conversation that happens before the live broadcast you can also get access to an exclusive vip episode that you vote on that's especially for you or get early access to all our videos on youtube plus more so check it out there folks and the more you do there the more we can do here and remember with the spoiler room the conversation is fresh uh, but we do spoil the movies